Jimmy's sound is gone. All right, well, we'll have to pause for a sec. I can hear, I can hear him moving around. Yeah, I can hear that. Oh, you know what? She can't hear us. <laughs> right. That's, that's what that problem. means. Or maybe that's a good thing. <laughs> it's a very yeah. way you look at it. You know what? I was rambling on there for a little while. Can you hear us now? Not if you can hear us. Yeah, you were better off not hearing that there. Incoming transmission from an unknown source. It seems to be urgent. Patching them through. They're calling themselves the Holonet Marauders. Well, hello there. Hey, everybody. Welcome <laughs> back to the Holonet Marauders podcast, episode 29. Uh, I'm here with my... I'm AJ. And I'm here with my bombad pals, Jamie and Matt. How is it going? going it's going, going well. Going well. <laughs> going well. Behind the scenes here, we just had... Um, Huge issues, technical difficulties. It's been like a half hour of technical difficulties, but uh, we're fine. lucky that our guests hopefully love us and we love them. So um, <laughs> it's yeah. been a good time. <laughs> and which are speaking of our guests, uh, it's the long awaited. Jeez, uh, I had this find the first take. How did it go? <laughs> I'm sorry. Steve, Steve and Terrence are great friends uh, through cosplay and whatnot. We invited you guys on here to talk about Solo, and we're very excited to get you guys on here. How's it going? It's going good. Doing Great well. to be on, listen to you guys every week. It's the really? My Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, whichever day you know the podcast comes out. Well, um, throw it up when I'm working, so it's, it's always good to be on here. So, I'm thank excited. you. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you. Hopefully, you don't get too skeeved up by your own voice the next time uh, you listen to this episode. Then I've done voice work, so. Yeah, that's the, we're past that it's cool all now. right good 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 good, good. <laughs> so but, uh yeah we're gonna solo. talk about that movie solo solo a star wars story directed by ron howard yes. which that that trivia question what pretty much clinched us a trivia win one time remember that AJ? yeah fun fact yeah. that i don't know what the trivia question was Something but about we ron howard. trivia in mm-hmm. february of 2020 2020 so just that date alone tells you, uh, you know, we this won is the last thing we did in public. <laughs> we won front row tickets to the Bruins. That game never happened. No, never happened. <laughs> so good time, yeah. though. Yeah. 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 Solo. Uh, do you guys think it is? I had a conversation with someone the other day. Do you guys think Solo is the most underrated Star Wars film? Yes. <laughs> OK, that's the show. Thanks that's for the show. Goodbye. <laughs> See ya. See you guys. <laughs> but yeah, I feel no, like I think it is. And we touched about this, you know, in the previous recording that we tried to do about 20 minutes ago. But um, <laughs> you talk to any Star Wars fan and a lot will agree with you. Um, it's pretty well liked by a lot of like hardcore fans because it has that aspect of being really true to the 1977 original. Excuse me. Um, it really captures that spirit. And I think that's why it's so beloved amongst us. But I think maybe the general public were going through a bit of, you know, Star Wars exhaustion. You know, there was a lot of fan backlash that was really undeserving from uh, episode eight. And um, a lot of people didn't come out and see it. And we're not getting a solo too because of it. It's it's a shame. But uh, I I will defend this movie to the death. I love it. I love it so much. It's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I mean, go, you're go honestly ahead, right. I think... I always think that Disney took the wrong lesson from Solo in which, in my opinion, I think it suffered from a lot of things, 
but being released so close to the last movie and just not at the the time that everybody had become accustomed to, I think was the thing that hurt it the most. And I think Disney took the wrong lesson from it. I did, I think they they looked at all of the spin-offs, all of the anthology series movies and they just scrapped them because Solo was unpopular, but Solo wasn't really unpopular. <laughs> I mean, like, I talk about this at great length, but I absolutely hate how much they butchered the timeline of releases of things. <laughs> Solo, um, the first season of The Mandalorian was very poorly timed, in my opinion. Same thing with Rogue One. They just, it, it's just, yeah. Um, and now we're getting this, like, onslaught of all this new stuff, like, all the time. And it's like, this is a lot of content all at once, and I love it, but, like... This is a lot of content. And yeah. it's more than what we're used to, I think, yeah. because with the with the Lucas films, um, no pun intended there, I guess, but uh you'd have like three years be- in between films. And then obviously in between trilogies, there was, you know, twenty some years. Hmm. So or less. But um, you know, to have a movie come out every year, it's it's a lot of content to go through. It's a lot of content now with multiple shows coming out at the same time. You know, I think Disney as a studio wants to make this a lot like Marvel, which is fine. Like, I love the content coming through, but it's going to be a lot harder to consume all of it, I think. And that's where I take issue with it. It's it's giving more Star Wars, but it's just it's a lot to deal with it all at once. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this time next year, (laughs) next year is going to be crazy for it because, you know, we have Bad Batch going on right now. We had Mandalorian, but every week of next year, we're going to have you know, some sort of new Star Wars content, which is like amazing. Like I'll take it all day, but uh, it'll be interesting how we, how we consume that. And will it be too much? Um, Cause yeah, I, it did. I don't, I'd never had Star Wars ex- exhaustion, like from solo being right after last Jedi, but I really don't know why they did that. And, you know, before off the air, Terrence mentioned that uh, Steve, you're not a big fan of the December releases for Star Wars. No. <laughs> yeah, are you- well, I mean, growing up, it was always no. yeah your May movie. So you'd come out around like the second to last week of May, and then you'd have the summer to play with all the Star Wars action figures outside when you were a kid. And then leading up to Halloween, then you'd have your Halloween costumes, you know, right. from that movie. So that's just what I'm used to. So the December releases kind of caught me off guard because for me, Star Wars isn't a Christmas movie. Like that just kind of bugged me. And also walking to a theater when you're the only person dressed up, but walking in the Buffalo snow in a Han Solo costume without a big jacket <laughs> on is awful. I don't recommend it. Right before Christmas and uh, the toys come out and that's what Star Wars is always relevant about. Toys. The toys. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's fair. It's fair. But to, Hey, the toys have gotten worse in my opinion anyway. So yeah, we're not going to talk about the toys today. Although maybe like a <laughs> little bit, like we, we tend to, talk about the toys a lot on this show um but, but yeah I, get, I, I agree like you yeah. definitely the releases being in december uh you have like the tie-ins to go with them but at the same time there's not a lot which is the big problem with it oh oh i gotta find something what do i have <laughs> i have a lot <laughs> how about this Ooh. Oh yeah, Naka. All right, blessed, blessed by the man himself. It was he held it. or she himself. Now I hate saying things are ahead of their time, but the thing about Solo is, if it had been released like two years, there would have been a Disney Plus show. Like, oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Solo show would have been amazing. But I honestly think a Solo sequel would do really well 
as a as a show. Yeah, yeah. would. I think like I was follow, watching again this yeah. morning, and I saw two hours and fifteen minutes, and I thought, why? <laughs> why was it so long? Like the first half an hour of solo is just going over things that you, you kind of already knew. Where you're like, oh, his last name's probably not solo. And, oh, he's probably not a great dude. <laughs> Yeah, like, so I rewatched the first, like, uh, we watched the first two thirds in prep for this today. Like, I had to work all day today, so I didn't get to till after work, right? And like, and then we went to grab dinner before this. And so I just straight up didn't have enough time to finish it. But it's a it's a long movie. <laughs> and it's, a- it's really not that much plot, but it still is like really good what we do have. Um, I guess it would have benefited from a title crawl. You know, so it says like, oh, his name's not really solo and he's Crime not a really good dude. <laughs> See, that's a that's a good debate that Matt and I have. The should crawl? every Star Wars film is it was it is every Star Wars film should have a, a crawl? Is that what you said, Matt? I think so. I think only because all of the other media stick with the crawl. Like the books the do a books, t- yeah, title the crawl, a, the Even comics the do a Wars title crawl. Mm. Yeah, the, yeah, the Clone Wars kind of did version. its own thing. So like yeah. You know, they originally wanted to to stray away from the title crawl for the anthology series because they were afraid like people would get it confused with the main saga films. Well, they should know that people will get confused no matter what. That's yeah. true. But I think so, uh, Jin is not Ray. <laughs> Leia is not Ray. <laughs> She's Everyone not. Is not Kira is not Ray. <laughs> oh, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> Do you remember what they did for Solo instead of a title crawl? Though it's like, like they did a title crawl. <laughs> Like hyperfuel. Like, 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 yeah, it's like yeah, it's like about hyperfuel. And like, if it if you don't know the Star Wars movie, you think you're like watching like Escape from LA. You're like, what, what am I? Yeah, what? yeah. I like that though. It had like eerie music behind it. It was cool. Even yeah. like, even like when it pans out for Corellia, it's just it's just something that we like haven't really seen like in a Star Wars movie like that industrial like total switching total gears like the aesthetic of Corellia is like Ooh. something the else. The aesthetic of this movie in general is so, just phenomenal. And I yeah. love that speeder chase in Corellia. I love seeing Corellia on the big screen. I love the little uh, little dogs. What are they called? Like Corellian hounds. Corellian yeah. hounds. Those are later <laughs> on. But the, the first the first chase is really good, too. Um, yeah. Don't forget about Lady Proxima. Or, uh, yeah. Lady Proxima, yeah, Lady Proxima. amazing. Amazing <laughs> character design. The entire scene is, again, would have been hilarious on television yeah Yeah. like if if they were able to do that as a series they could have actually dove so much into the whole like gang with the white worms and whatnot which would have been really cool to see because if you if you ever just like leaf through this the solo visual dictionary there's so much content about the gang and all the other kids that like live with this gang and that could be like it's only little side story on its own and like I, I really like seeing like young Han and Kieran, like what they had growing up. And I obviously they couldn't spend like a lot of time on it and they cut out a lot about it. But if it was a show, they definitely could have had the, all that extra stuff going on. Yeah. I think Plus, a lot of things just benefit from like the show layout. Like I've always been a movie guy over a show guy, but shows can do so much. I think what shows are doing now with the technology, how it's stepped up. Cause I remember this was 15 years ago, right after revenge of the Sith, they had talked about a live action show. This is Rick McCallum talking about it when he was oh, still, yeah. you know, I remember that. Mm-hmm. and uh, I would always say like, they wouldn't have enough of budget to make it look good in terms of CGI and stuff. And we even see that now with um, the Mandalorian, 
special effects are great. But, you know, even in the, I remember the first episode um, when he's waiting for speeders and stuff, yeah. there's something that's just slightly off that you're yes. not really used to. Season yeah. one was definitely a little shaky. Season two kind of, yeah. the first episode of season two sold me on the special effects of Mandalorian, but season right. one never did. Never, it never reached that level. But it's funny you mentioned the live action show because I remember rumors that it was supposed to be a live action Han Solo show. It was. <laughs> and, then, and then it turned into like a live action Han Solo movie. So like the Han Solo mm -hmm. standalone film has been in production for like, or in various <laughs> stages of discussion for the last 15 years and yeah right. go ahead yeah the, the cousins had wanted to do it for a really long time i mean particularly larry um who wrote solo obviously yeah um so it's been in the works for a long time along with rogue one essentially you know but um it was really good to see like i grew up on the young han solo trilogy that's how he became my favorite character you know as a kid i always get you know punished from like not doing my homework or you know, being a smart, smart Alec, excuse me. You can you class. can say that. I don't mind. Could have been a smart ass in class. So um, couldn't watch TV. Couldn't you know hang out with friends. So I had to read a lot of books. And uh, the young Han Solo books were were kind of my shtick. That's really how I got hooked on Han. And um, watching this film was really reminiscent of those books. And I later found out that Alden Ehrenreich actually read a lot of Wikipedia articles about the character, which means he read up on those books and he brought it to the table. So I'm like, this is why I liked it so much because it was so true to, you know, my idea of Han when I was a kid. So it, it kind of hit every nail on the head for me. That's awesome. No, that's yeah. perfect. Yeah. And from those books, isn't the Crystal Skull in Dryden Voss's office a reference to that trilogy? I think so. I yeah. think it is. You know, and, Wait. you know, with Garrus Shrike being um, Woody Harrelson, can't think of oh, yeah. the character. Oh, Tobias Beckett. Yeah. Thank you, Tobias Beckett. Um, so there was a lot of like things that got reworked, but the skeleton was still there, which I really liked. Oh, that's yes. really cool. Those were nice touches. Wait, so. so the crystal skull in Dryden's room in his like little like uh, receiving area, that was a reference to the books or yes. to like Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull? No, it is, a, <laughs> it is actually a reference to Han Solo and the Lost Legacy. Mm -hmm. Okay. Where they get the death wow. head as part of an ancient treasure. Sounds right. like an Indiana Jones story. So. It's on the cover of the book, I think, too. Yeah, it is. Yeah. All right. I'll have to check that out after this. Which listeners, you if you haven't read those, you should read those. They're they're a lot of fun. It's very young Indiana Jones. Like going back to saying like this could have been a television series, that would have been great. Yeah. You, know, you cover you, a lot of ground, even serialize it to make it like a different adventure each time, you know. And that and talking about shows with budgets, young Indiana Jones had a budget. I mean, that yeah. that show has some very good special effects for their like nineties syndicated TV. Right. Uh, they but could yeah. even brought on the old Harrison Ford like they did. But anyway, that'd be cool. <laughs> I never so thought about I never thought about comparing Han and Indy, <laughs> but they're both Harrison Ford and they're both like similar. But anyway, like back, okay, yeah, yeah. back to Solo. back to Solo. Back back to Solo. And we got my favorite stormtrooper out Ooh, of Solo. The so the Mud Troopers. Mud Trooper. I fell in love with the Mud Troopers the moment I saw them. Um, I absolutely adore them so so much. I think that it's like crazy, like. With like the stormtroopers, it's that you never really see um, them without their helmets. Obviously, in like the original movies, um, you do 
in the sequels, but just Finn. And so they are always these like faceless soldiers. And so it was really cool just to see like the actual like infantry soldiers for the Empire. And yeah, yeah like everything about like Minban is like an amazing like sequence as well. Hang on, I'm trying to take off the helmet here because this is super this, violent. This is actually Han, not not just hey. any any uh, mud chipper. It's actually Han. Well, it's funny. Great. It's funny that yeah. you mentioned the infantry of the Empire because I only recently learned that the stormtroopers weren't just like the everyday casual infantry soldiers for the Empire, and it was actually it's the mud troopers. Yeah, yeah. They're not really the stormtroopers are still there on uh, Nimban and stuff because they yeah. release yeah. Han to Tui, but uh, yeah. But this yeah, is, and then, uh, that was one of them. The regular <laughs> like can't yeah. hit a target, so no, yeah, it's yeah. they're all garbage. Awful. Yeah, really. I yeah, uh, Min Man. Min Man is just like such like a funky planet because everything is first of all just mud. Um, and there's a lot of cut content from that as well. Like there's an extra person on Beckett's crew that we never end up seeing, um, which they lose immediately. There's um. All of the Minbanese, we never actually like see them really on screen. They're, but they're, they look crazy. They, yeah, they're like so red. Cool. I love like, the Minbanese. Guys, and then we actually see one in the Mandalorian. Um, yes, and in too, right? uh, squadrons. And squadrons. Yep. Ooh, yeah. And so it's funny that they're recently coming up. And yeah, that's how Han meets Chewie in in a pit of mud. Yeah, and that's actually that's not the Han yeah. meets Chewie, but the planet of Minban oh. is another. Yeah, there's the Mimbanese. Hey, Mimbanese. Oh, there it is. Look at them. They look, they just look, they just look so cool. That's like an, another adaptation of Legend stuff. <laughs> you what, you don't, you don't yeah. have your visual dictionary? Just like ready to go? <laughs> I always, I carry yeah. that with me everywhere. I've got this like, ready to go. I'm a huge nerd. So we have, we have the trash, 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 trash. <laughs> Trust visual dictionary. AJ has a VHS tape for episode one. So we got it covered on brand on brand. Anyway, something I wanted to talk about with solo was it, it was the, it kind of still is the first, I guess Mandalorian's kind of done it, but it's the first star Wars film to make like a payoff for people that have watched the animated shows. You know, we have Aura Singh referenced. Uh, we have something else referenced. We have mall at the end. There's people who were watching and we're like, wait, Darth Maul's back, like, but people that watch Clone Wars already knew that Maul was back, and it was kind of cool. We've seen Marvel do that, where they there's tons of payoffs for people that read the comics and everything. And if you don't read them, you know, you find out along the way. But for people that consumed the extra Star Wars content, you know, watching Solo was very rewarding. Yeah, that was that was something I would always get into an argument with my dad about. It would be because he only watches the movies or he did only watch the movies. Now I'm getting him into other things, but he only watched the movies for the longest time. And I always used to say, oh, no, Darth Maul didn't die at the end of episode one. He comes back. He always go, no, I'm only watching the movies. So I'm only going by the movies. And then all of a sudden, Darth Maul appears in the movie after episode one. And I'm like, all right, there you go. Can't can't say anything now. <laughs> yeah. And now everyone wants to watch like. I shouldn't say everyone, but a lot of people want to watch Clone Wars and Rebels and whatnot. We have Bad Batch, so such an it's such a good cameo. It's so out of left field. <laughs> it's like it just is, like and I hope completely random. I hope we see more of it, but we'll get into that later. Um, yeah, we skipped from the beginning straight to the end. So no, yeah. we, we, we uh, were let's cover on, everything in the middle. We were on Min Ban. Let's talk about Lando. Yeah. Ooh, which yes. yeah. <laughs> Donald Glover being Lando and just going into the movie like 
that was the biggest hype thing for a lot of people. They're like, I'm going like, you know, I don't, I don't know about this Alden character playing Han, but like Lando is going to be awesome. I'm seeing, this is the Lando movie. And it, it was good to see people really excited for Lando and, you know, Donald Glover nailed it. He was unbelievable. Uh, the thing about Lando is he was never going to be in too much of the movie because he's one of those characters that is best in small doses. Like, you don't, you don't want a Lando movie because you know that Lando's going to do something slightly and then again way like you you want to see lando as the friend like comes into something charming and then leaves and that's that's what he does he uh, loses his movie. loses his partner along the way but then just pieces out of there that's, this is like, what i do when i visit parents in, in new york forward. actually <laughs> it's true i just like two capes my girlfriend every time and then <laughs> But Donald Donald Glover's performance is just like unbelievable, and every time I watch it, he is so on point with just um, with how Billy D was with the character. Like every oh, yeah. little Billy D ism, I should say. I don't know. Like he's perfect. He covered his intonations and the way he speaks just like perfectly. I mean, his great performance probably got him a show, <laughs> the Lando yeah, show. Was, you know, if he's not in that show, if it's not live action with him, like what are we doing? He he needs to be in that show, and I really hope he is. It's actually Scarlett Johansson playing Lando. Yeah. No. Oh yeah. my gosh. Bullshit. It's crazy. <laughs> I mean, if she can play a tree, she can play Lando. Let's be real here. Yeah. yeah. Think about Lando, about Billy D and Donald Glover, is that they both have like this kind of like effortless cool that's very like specific to their time. Like, I've met Billy D Williams, and he's still like charming to this day. Like, if he was like drink whole forty five. Like, like how many like let's do it right now <laughs> yeah i mean even in the rise of skywalker i thought billy d nailed it again you know i wish he could have got some more screen time and whatnot but um you know he was still smooth but you know like they're both they're both such smooth guys uh on and off the screen but i don't know i almost said on and off the field but on not talking off the field. <laughs> i almost hope that the lando show is more of a continuation of solo I hope Me too. I always say this. I, I think I've said this before in another episode, but I, I really want Solo and Lando to just like interconnect and be like, I want Lando to be a continuation of everything that we learned about in Solo and to be fleshed out, but maybe from Lando's perspective instead of Hans, you know, going okay. forward. Hesitation with that though is if they were to do that, say it's um like like what Bad Batch is for the Clone Wars, it's about like one specific group, but it pretty much is just like a, extension of like that one thing if they did a show that was lando as an extension of uh, solo um it would probably jump away from him at some point which isn't really the point and so like i if when they do the lando show i hope that they are it is a story that is just about him and it's not just an extension of what it was because at this point he doesn't have the falcon anymore but he still needs to like become who he ends up being in empire so i mean like we'll find out along the way also, that was not intended to like sound like him. If it did, I'm sorry. Yeah, we'll find out along the way. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, that was um, a good. You did a good Billy D there. My my favorite, oh, honestly, my favorite like line like in the movie is is him just yelling "yoo-hoo" and then he's walking down the steps. And, <laughs> it's the worst. So bad. Why is that my favorite I, line in the movie? <laughs> I did love it when he said um, when they were landing on Castle and he says, "I hate mining colonies." It's yeah. like, yeah. you're going to be the Baird administrator of one in, like, 10 years, buddy. Yeah. A lot of Ironic. Good ones to trust Ironic. Him. <laughs> Something I never even thought of until you just mentioned it. That's funny as hell. 
Hmm. I mean, Cloud City is a is a gambling town at the very top. Like you know, the the, the Tabana gas funds everything. But you know, you go there for a vacation, which we never really saw unless you played Battlefront. Mm. Oh yeah, the, the giant, the, the newer uh, Battlefront, yeah. You know, whatever is fancy and, and all that stuff. Anyway, <laughs> how do we feel about L three? I love L three. I like L three. Love her. Yeah. I so. <laughs> I'm ambivalent on L3, but I just love BB Waller Bridge Yes. Yes. So, so like did I need the thought of like a self-aware like robot who's like, yay, liberation, I need it? No. <laughs> but Absolutely. I like I I agree. Like I still haven't like seen like Fleabag, but like after oh. learning it was Phoebe Waller Bridge, like my love for L3 has like gone through the roof. Like the first yeah. time we saw it, I was like, Yeah, I, I liked L3. She was really cool, but like learning more about like literally more that went into her, it's just like, okay, yeah, this she's really cool. Like I, I love her. They have astounding chemistry for a robot and a person, and I I'm so excited for their Mr. and Mrs. Smith show. It's going to be great. Yeah, I forgot. So, oh, that's we can great. finally learn how it works. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it works. Oh, it, it would works. It works. I think I think the droid liberation scene on Kessel is probably my favorite in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> and that's all L3, so I'm 100%. I just love that. It's so Star Wars-y to have like just a bunch of these like small droids like just stomping on things and like running around and causing like mayhem as they're trying to break out of this uh mining slave colony thing i just it's it's just so ridiculous and yeah the the joy that l3 takes and it, it's it's such a star wars scene because it incites such chaos yeah yeah i i love yeah. how it was literally a pure accident too she just takes the bolt off the one droid and then it just kind of like blossoms from there and she's just like Oh, yeah. So much yeah. going on. <laughs> and then L3 is sacrificed in the oh, in the process. Wow. Sad moment. Heartbreaking. It, no, it like really is though. That is a really heartbreaking scene. Like all of it. Like Lana it going to res rescue story. her. Yeah. And well, that's then that's his girl, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's it's really tough, and then lady. yeah, it's tough the entire time, and then like Kira has to go and grab the head and just sorry, and then just runs away with like her like brain. Oh god! But it's I love that little shot of like the, everything's on fire, and Lando's just like there, like with his cape, and he's it's like, yeah. what is this? This was my yeah. ship. Yeah, he's. It's very reminiscent of the uh, you know Donald Glover walking in with a pizza and community. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's what it is. The Lando equivalent of that. I like it that. Is. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's so perfect that L3 like becomes the the AI of the Falcon too. And that noise that goes off that you know we hear in the original trilogy, it's so like uh it's it, it's so perfect. It's one of the things that Solo does. I think that all of the anthology films are doing that I both love and don't like is that they're answering questions that I never really had. Like yeah. in the original trilogy, when C3P, I was like, oh, you left your navigation system. I was like, oh, a weird accent. I wasn't like, well, got to know where that came from. It was actually a freedom fighting droid that got destroyed and then they downloaded <laughs> her brain into the Falcon. So, <laughs> in case you wanted to know. Oh, I see. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. my. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, Han just translates all that with just like, a, yikes, and then just walks away. Um, but yeah, like they they have been like filling in like all like the random, literally one off lines. So like uh, such a peculiar language. And then like recently with um, uh, like all like the Rogue One references we're finding in like the Bad Batch regarding um, Jin says Project Omega on Scarif. And that's literally what Omega is and War Mantle also, which is also in the Bad Batch so far um but then like something interesting as well like in solo they have kira lists off a couple of random locations before they decide on going to kessel um she lists off scarif <laughs> she lists off mercy island which hasn't been accident on yet mercy island isn't a place yet in the star wars universe people have tried to figure it out but it doesn't exist um but scarif exists and that was obviously just a few years before and it's funny that they were like oh planting the references already to even like that new content that was coming out but it is more interconnected than people I feel like give it credit for. I feel like a lot of people overall for Solo feel like it's like it's um it's like so different than all the other Star Wars movies and it's not like in the same universe, but it is. It's just a slightly different vibe, but it is the same yeah. thing. Doesn't one character say that like uh, you won't get to Black Spire without me? Isn't like yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Oh uh, yeah. L three says that. So they're it's when they're Damn. about to leave um, Vandor. They're walking along, and uh, she didn't agree to them going anywhere. And she's just like, "Yeah, you wouldn't make it to Black Spire without me." And it's just like, "Wait a second, because like Black Spire <laughs> opened like that year or yeah. about two, and it's just like, "Wait, well, you you already tossing that in there? It's, it's just great." It's Is that when she great. calls him Landonus? Or... Yeah, right after. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's his name. <laughs> Landonus. Landonus Balthazar Calrissian wow. III, I think. What a name. What, what a man. That is a great name. We, do, we haven't talked about one of my favorite characters in the in the movie. Val. The villain, Dryden Voss. Ooh. Damn. We haven't talked about a lot okay. of characters, actually. I know. Well, Dryden Voss yeah. was originally played by Michael K. Williams, correct? Is that, did I make that up? That's correct. I think you're right, yeah. He wasn't <laughs> available for reshoots, so they had, I think it was Ron Howard who called up um, Paul Bettany and said, like, hey, can you do this, like, in a pinch? And he literally came in last minute, didn't do any of the makeup, they just added that in post, huh. and he, he shot all those scenes, and... I love Paul Bettany. I've, I'm a big fan of uh, A Knight's Tale. It's one of my favorite movies. Oh, yeah. Um, so I got to meet him at uh, Celebration Chicago, and that oh, well. was really, really great. I was kind of gushing over him. I'm like, remember you were in Wimbledon? And he's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have like, a so newfound great. love for him now after um, WandaVision. WandaVision. Because yeah. Yeah. Like, I, never, I never thought Vision was like anything crazy. You know, he's Jarvis been, was the cool one. So yeah, Jarvis yeah. was the cool one. But then, like his performance as Dryden, like Paul Bettany nailed it. You know, I keep yeah. saying every, all these actors nailed it. I've said that like five times, well, but they did. They, 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 they yeah, the casting did. was awesome overall. I was a big. This is a guy who was like charming but smarmy. Yeah. Oh. Uh oh. Yeah. What did you say, Terrence? Oh, Terrence, go ahead. I said I was a fan of his fight scene at the end. I didn't like it in theaters, but I just rewatched it this morning, and I was like, "This is kind of cool." Yeah, it's. I like how he's yeah. killed. <laughs> The stab right to the heart. That's, I know it's terrible. It sounds terrible, but stab right to the heart. It's is, just a—it's it's so... super unique. All, all well, not getting stabbed to the heart, but like um, his fighting style is super unique because it, it brings Terrace Kasi into Terrace the Kasi. Star Wars universe, which started in on like that like random video game, yeah. um, <laughs> Masters of Terrace Kasi, and it's it's just so funny that they just dropped it in there. So 
and, and yeah, like plus like Dryden has like the crazy like knuckle knives, knuckle knives. which are like just like really, but they're like Those vibra blades. Laser so knuckle like, knives, actually. Yeah, I, I love how the, the first time you see them, him using them, he just like places them on the tray for the decradiated, which is another topic. Um, and he's love just like, we, I might be needing these later. And like, it's like he's like looking at it and then he's like, says the person, oh, like lighten up, it's a party. And like it's, the person has no brain. Yeah. Like, and he's just like he's just like chilling like bantering with them and it's just like this guy is incredible like and that's another piece of inter like who says that solo isn't interconnected i i'm thinking like right off the top of my head like the decraniated is a connection to rogue one which is connected to connection to dr evazon and then you have uh the pike the live action pike syndicate guy which blew my mind the first time i i learned about that yeah um but Dryden, Dryden's office is just like a treasure trove of uh, different Easter eggs. We obviously, we talked about like the Crystal Skull. I love the Mandalorian Ranger armor that he has, which is from the Old Republic, apparently. Uh, we don't know too much about the Old Republic in New Canon right now, but I really want to learn more about the Mandalorian Rangers with their cool like samurai-esque armor that he yeah. keeps in the background. Of course, he has... He has uh, Aplex's axe. Well, we have Knights of Ren uh, blade Knight in the background. Ren. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's an interesting collection, but. Very interesting. And then somehow collection. it ends up in Doc Ondar's shop on Black Spire. Really? Yeah. Huh. That axe really gets around. The Sisterhood of the Traveling okay. Axe. <laughs> Who's going to have it next? Huh? Do you find love with it? Is that how that works? I hope so. I really <laughs> hope Aplex found love. Did Dryden find love with it? We don't, we don't really know. We don't know. Well, did, he, well, did he love Kira? That's the question. He loved that's Kira. a good question. Yes, he did. Yeah, that's yeah. That's a really good question. What is what is Kira's deal with Crimson Dawn? Like we don't we don't know. I need to know more. It's a big question. She really got big Batman question. Brand item, so I hope that she's yeah. <laughs> I always thought I hate to say it, but I always thought she was like sold to them. Yeah. And that's why she has the brand, and then she kind of like rose in the ranks. It could be like a life debt type of thing, too. You know, if if they got her out of a sticky situation on Kessel or yeah. wherever, um, they got her. They just the got her out of that, Corellia in general. Yeah, because he's like, "How did you escape?" She's like, "I didn't." So yeah. that implies like either she's a slave of sorts, indentured servitude, or you know, the whole Jar Jar situation from Episode One. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't think it's a life debt. I think that she's just, she's just like in it for life at this point, whatever it is. Um, she's done too many bad things to be you know, integrated back into society as like a civilian. Well, yeah, she like says that, that to Han. Like yeah. when, when Han's like, oh, let's mess around. Yeah. And she and she's uh, she's like, no, uh, I'm not the same person. <laughs> so she's dropping those hints. And then we just never get the follow up on like actually what happened. Which stinks. Which is why we need more about Crimson Dawn and about Kira. Yeah. And, and about Enfys Nest. Yeah. Let's talk about Enfys yeah. Nest. Talk about Enfys Nest. Are we, are we doing Nest? Y'all love Noah. You guys know I love Empress Nest. Like <laughs> she's she's in our logo. She's That's the right. unfinished helmet is sitting over there, and I cry every day I see it. <laughs> <laughs> one day. Hey, one day. But yeah, I I can't. Someone else talk about her first. I don't even know where my thoughts are. At the it's, moment. it's your it's your favorite. Empress Nest um, is such like a cool design, like such a cool like helmet, and just. Again, it's like they they captured the Star Wars look perfectly with like you got to get the right balance with a helmeted character. 
to make the helmet look like Star Wars. And I don't know how, I don't know what formula people use to make a helmet look Star Warsy, <laughs> but they really nailed it with Dryden Voss. I mean, Dryden Voss, jeez, and <laughs> Nest. Oh, jeez. So my my favorite fun fact that I feel like I always share, but I don't know how many times I've shared it or where I've shared it, but I'll share it again here if I've already said it. Um, the poetry on her forehead was inscripted or created by concept artist uh, Glenn Dillon. And he just kind of wrote whatever and the team did not like double check it. Like afterwards, they didn't ask like what it said. Um, and so there was like a recent like interview ish sometime last year um, that I got to sit in with with a bunch of other people and him and I brought that up and he's like, yeah, they never double checked it. So it could have I could have like been like cussing out the world, but like they didn't care. Um, but that's just like a random side note. But the poetry itself um, says until we reach the last until we reach the last edge, the last opening, the last star until we can go no further, which is incredible. Like just. Super I cool, yeah. yeah. I think about it daily. And I love the kind of dynastic idea behind the Cloud Riders with the mom passing it down to the daughter kind of deal. So it, it implies like a history that that poetry could be connected to that mm-hmm. needs fleshing out for sure. We might see her in the Bad Batch. That would be we, cool. We might. So we were figuring that out earlier. How old would Enfys be in the timeline for the Bad Batch? She would be about eight years old at this point in time. Um, for the Bad Batch, and so her mom might be around, and so maybe we'll see her mom die because we know that's how she picks up the mantle. Um, you got a couple. That's of why I'm watching Bad Batch just to see Enfys <laughs> Nest's mom's mom die. Nest's mom's die. Come that's on, morbid. Wow. But really, um, <laughs> <laughs> I love <laughs> derail everything. Those I are... love the mystery around Enfys going into the film because, like, oh, this is the villain, and I love obviously the twist of no, she's actually the hero, and she's like a spark of the rebellion that we will find out eventually. Um, and we didn't even know she was, you know, a female under the helmet. Um, mm-hmm. So that was obviously a cool reveal. You know, I, I'm pretty sure in the theater, I felt like Jamie like her spirit leave her body when that happened but (laughs) and it's cool to see it's cool to see the actress doing well and you know she was in falcon and winter soldier and had pretty much the same role but it was still super cool she's typecast now i know that's uh, hopefully a young badass yeah was she also young badass (laughs) she was a she was eponine so so yeah she was a young badass (laughs) Um, but yeah, I was looking up um Erin Kellyman's uh, page before this as well, just to see like what her other credits have been. And she has been kind of typecast into this like young badass character, which is awesome. But like I hopefully she gets to like do more as well. She's also going to be in the upcoming um Willow series whenever that actually gets produced, oh, which yeah. is pretty interesting because Ron Howard directed that original movie and he's producing the new series, and so she's working with it again. And obviously she works with um Warwick Davis because he was one of the cloud riders like with her which is yeah, and just I like him. tossing him in the movie with it which is yeah that's another piece of interconnected uh, stuff because he that's the same character he played in episode one the yeah in, in the, the Phantom Menace oh, he's wow. in yeah. like, the Eve classic yeah he's in Jabba's like uh, one of the posse, gamblers just like and then he <laughs> ends up in the cloud riders somehow and that's the same character I love that same with yeah. two tubes two tubes ends up there too mm-hmm. two tubes Two tubes. Two tubes. Pour one out for two tubes. Oh, pour them all out. 
awesome. and I love her theme. That's what I was thinking. I lost it, and then I Fantastic remember. Fantastic theme. Yeah. Her, her theme is so good, especially um, the Savarine Showdown. <laughs> no, yeah. that was good. You you should have kept going. That, <laughs> that, was, that was good. That's, that's all I can do offhand. Uh, the Savarine Showdown is my favorite like scene in the entire movie. All I of that because that. that's when we get the actual reveal. Um, of her in the first place and then when they decide what to do with dread and then afterwards it's like oh no we tricked you and like it's the old woman wearing the helmet instead and she's just Whoa. like ah i love it i didn't get to rewatch that today and i'm immediately going to do that after we finish recording because i i need to and i, I just love everything about it and it's it's just so intense and her giving the full backstory of why the cloud riders exist and why crimson dawn is awful and why they're not the bad guys and Beckett is just so dumbfounded by all of this because he's like, ah, shit, I've been stealing from a kid the entire time. Like, yeah, right? he, he just hates himself in that like, moment. Oh, God, I made a deal with, uh, I made a deal with Crimson Dawn. Oh, no, I'm about to betray all these people. Yeah, literally. At least he didn't make a deal with Kanja Club. Uh, didn't make a deal with Kanja Club. It's all about I, really Kanja like, Club. I really like Beckett's character. And he's too. kind of like the Bizarro Han, if that makes sense. You know, Bizarro he's, Han. I like he's kind that. of like the the right side Han, and Han's like the left side Han. I don't know if that makes sense, but like, that makes sense. It was supposed Han to be that could way. Could easily sure. become Beckett, I think. You know, he yeah. easily could have become like that, and he chose not to. Yeah, you know? that's that's a good that's a good way of putting it. Beckett is almost like the cautionary tale of what happens to a Han Solo if he doesn't choose to do the right thing. You know, yeah. in the critical moment. It's his foil of sorts, but not quite, because they're cut from the same cloth. Yeah. How did Beckett not die in any of his adventures? He is not a smart man. No, he's not. And, well, they Val they was always with him. him yeah. yeah. There we oh, go. Because, that's oh, why. Val. And nobody shot point, him first. That's, at some that's point, he goes, everyone's going to betray you. And then I go, well, that doesn't sound like something someone friendly would say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when oh, Beckett meets his end at the end, uh, his last words were like, good job, kid. I would have killed you. And you're like, wow, well. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, I mean, at least he's honest. I wish he got to learn how to play the Valachord. My thing well, playing, that, like, they're always he's playing the big Valachord in the sky. That's right. <laughs> or in they're hell. Make... <laughs> With Kid Fisto. <laughs> With Kid <What>? Fisto. <laughs> well, Kid Fisto's from... Um... Oh, yeah, they're from Leansom. I learned that the other day. Yeah. <laughs> But they're, mm. they try to make Han Solo into a good guy a lot, and you're just like, Han Solo's kind of a scummy dude, which is why we like Han Solo. Yeah, yeah which, it, it, I mean, his yeah. arc in A New Hope is supposed to be, like, his transformation to being, like, the good dude. Uh, so giving him, you know, kind of a conscience this early on is like, all right. But yeah, at least right. he decided, you know, they, they invite him to the rebellion, and he's like, nah, I, I'm, not a, I'm not a rebel, you know, leave me alone. So at least we it's have that. That's kind of why I'm hoping if they do a sequel of sorts, Han will be more scummy before we see him in A New Hope because <clears throat> that would line up better story-wise, I think. That's what you want. You want like a scummy Han who's like running around doing like shady things for a space slug. And oh no, his his black best friend said something funny. Ah, that's, what you, <laughs> that's what you want. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's why we're here. Come on. I think... If they actually that... do... Oh, go ahead. <laughs> go no, ahead. you're fine. Go ahead if you do. Oh, I was just gonna say. Like, yeah, well, um, I think the the core of Han as a character is that he's always gonna do the right thing at the end of the day, and that's who he's always been. And I think that's how the Castens wrote it. So 
you know, he's going to put up this front of being like this jerk, you know, this, this smart ass, this guy with a lot of gravitas and this cocky guy. But at the end of the day, he can't help but do the right thing. And I think that's the core of the character itself. You know, he's got such a conscience that even if he leaves Luke and his new friends, like he's going to come back, you know? Yeah. So I think they were always trying to say like, he's always been a good guy. He just pretends to be crappy. You know, a yeah. big um, influence, I think, of that character was uh, Humphrey Bogart in, um, I think, African Casablanca. Oh, I can Casablanca. See yeah, Both, Casablanca. I guess, I mean, yeah, Casablanca. Rick in that Maltese movie is Falcon. perfect. Yeah. Yeah. There you definitely. Go. But uh, I could definitely see that. And while we're on the topic of Han Solo, can we talk about how Alden Ehrenreich killed it as Han Solo? Because I think he nailed, he nailed it. He nailed it. <laughs> like, absolutely. Like, I can't. I'll never stop saying that. He He's... He, it's funny that he's like the one of the most underrated parts of Solo, in my opinion, is Solo. <laughs> like yeah. he he does such a good job with that character. Um, he had massive shoes to fill, and he impressed me. I went in with like low expectation of him, and he oh, know, yeah. he blew me away. He was awesome. Oh, for sure. You know, sir, you went in wearing the Han Solo costume to your first viewing, and you still were blown away. Um, yeah. I literally have photo evidence of us walking around Boston afterwards. So the hair was lame, though. Was wearing short. the hair was lame at the time. Yeah. <laughs> Terrence and I did too in, uh, in New York. We were in Brooklyn. We dressed up. We were making his Lando costume like the day of. Oh, damn. I gotta <laughs> see some pictures. I spent like hundreds of dollars on mine. I'm just like, we're like cutting up a shirt. Like, <laughs> got like two miles of where to be at the, the place. But... That's amazing. We looked I love looked it. Good. Yeah. I. That's the, that's how we met you guys was actually through cosplay and at its core yeah. I'm pretty sure because of solo cosplay um, yeah. which is absolutely insane um, because you guys are awesome and your cosplays are amazing and Thanks. yeah I'm just like so happy that oh. I like know you guys from this. Wow, wow that was sentiment. really thank you yeah mushy moment where did that come from? Very, very I'm awesome. so sorry that, that was we were talking about cosplay and we were super mushy and then I got emotional and. <laughs> That's all well, for AJ and I, we both have to wear sunglasses a lot of times in costume. <laughs> yep. And so, like, I, I knew him through, like, Terrence and stuff, but I remember messaging you. This was, like, right after Celebration two years ago. And I'm like, yeah, you also have the issue of having to wear, like, sunnies around because you can't wear regular glasses. You look No, silly. it's lame. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, like, contacts, they bug my eyes. So if I have them in for more than, like, an hour, my, they get really puffy. So... I'm like, just throw some shades on, then you take them off for a photo, you put them back on. Yeah, or just People keep them on. Can, yeah, I mean, for, for, I think for Han, it's a good character to wear them. Yeah. It's like, he would. And it always honest. kind of fits my vibe. Like, I'm a goofy cosplayer. Like, even, like, my favorite thing to do is Kylo Ren, Ben Solo. But, like, mm -hmm. I'm goofy about it. It's hard for me to, like, have an angry face. I'm In any picture at a convention, I'm always smirking or smiling. <laughs> so I might as well just wear the sunglasses too while we're at it. I just have it. coffee with me, so it's it's fine. I'm like, you gotta be cool <laughs> with me having this coffee in my hand because I'm not dropping it. Yeah, it, it adds character to the character. Yeah, it's exactly. Like, a blend of like both of these things right now. Like 90% of my cosplay photos are me just like losing it laughing. I'm pretty sure there's a photo of Terrence as Finn dead on the ground. And yep. I'm standing <laughs> over him with a lightsaber as Ray. And I'm laughing my ass off. Like yep. it, this exists. I remember, <laughs> that, like, I remember that moment. Uh... There, guys. I could be a part oh, of boy. this too. The lead up to that Should was he just our... appeared out of nowhere. And just like collapsed in front of us. And we're like, all right. <laughs> was this in uh, okay. Orlando? That was in Chicago. Chicago. That was in Chicago. Oh, Chicago okay. yeah. yeah. I did it. I did you did it, it in Orlando, Orlando too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Got to do it in, in Anaheim, too. Keep it going. Yeah, it's a good photo op. 
<laughs> the best photo up. Oh my gosh. We have the we have the all the rays lining up, but then the real focus is just Terrence laying on the ground. That's fun. That's you should have been that's there. Should have been right next to the line of rays. I think you all you were there also. I remember that. So oh, if there's gosh. a line of rays, I'm there. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh no, I'm not gonna talk about that other guy. Time for question Slay of the week. <laughs> yes, please. Let's get us off this. Oh boy. We, we went too close to the sun there. Um, oh boy. <laughs> all right. So the question of the week: What one storyline from Solo would you want to continue? If you have to pick one, <laughs> how did you have that ready so fast? <laughs> I was for gonna our, just like fly audio. Our audio amigos, as Jamie calls them, uh, you just lifted up the Enfys Nest swoop, swoop bike. bike. Swoop bike. Um, yeah, so, I mean, my answer would be Enfys Nest and the Cloud Riders and the beginning of the Rebellion, because uh, we know it kind of starts with her. At least one of the cells does um, everything about that. Plus, Erin Kellyman's on, like, a hot streak right now because she was in Marvel. She's going to be in Willow, and she's definitely going to do future projects with them. She's only 22. So, yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> What about you, Steve and Terrence? So for me, I mean, I would want to see Han and Chewie meeting up with that very big gangster in Tatooine. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Obviously, it's Max Rebo, the Max Rebo band. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Of course. The real Max Rebo. Come on. Hey, Bib Fortuna got very large as well, as we saw. So, Well, then he kind of exploded. Yeah. So. <laughs> That's well, what happens when you, if you haven't seen the Mandal- Yeah. <laughs> They go right to your side. And then you blow up. <laughs> yeah, we almost we didn't almost do it. We almost spent a week without a SpongeBob reference. And it wasn't us. At least it wasn't it us. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> it's all good. I love it. I welcome it. It probably would have happened somehow anyway. Yeah. Uh, for me, I would say it's uh, got to be Lando and what he's doing now that he doesn't have the ship. I think in the books he got a ship called the Lady Luck, but it's also been 15 years. So, Ooh. yeah, I think isn't that after Return of the Jedi? Isn't that like between? Oh god, I don't remember anymore. I just throw it in, throw it in now. <laughs> I, I know, like, I know what like, you're talking about. The Lady Lando Luck, needs though. a new ship. He needs money. He needs new capes. He needs yeah. a lot of things he'll, that I need to see. He'll name it the Flea well, Bag. There you go, ha! Flea Bag. That would be great. That'd, that'd be quite circle. the reference. It would be. They, they still could, but who knows? Um, what happened in Last Shot? Matt, you might know offhand because I don't remember. Um, I didn't I know that, ha- that, but I know half of it's back in in the past. Um, back in the past, yeah. But Uncle, it's Wanwo. not with L three. Uncle Wanwo. Um No, I don't remember if it's um, L three. I haven't read that in a while. What is it? Ah, so well. it, it's like after Return of the Jedi, and they're trying to discover this chip. Spoiler yep, that's alert. the current time. Um, that was created month. to like uh, turn all droids against their masters or whatever. Yeah. Sounds familiar. And then, yeah, I know. <laughs> but I forget where the flashback goes to. I think it's just isn't it just right after it's like no, that doesn't it's make it's sense. pretty far in the past. I mean not far in the past, but I think before at least all the events in the original trilogy, but I I don't know. But it's the Phalanx so. Redux good news. transmitter yep. thing, but whatever. It's the yeah. good news is we are getting a Lando series. So yes, out yes. of all these choices, you have the best one because it's actually so, happening. Ter- it's actually win. happening. <laughs> uh, Matt, what about you? What do you got? 
Um, Therm Scissor Punch spinoff, please. <laughs> I'm hey, glad you mentioned him once again. I mentioned Therm Scissor Punch. I was so surprised when nobody nobody knew my my boy, Mr. Scissor Punch. Um, geez, you know, I was gonna say Han and Chewie meeting up with um, Jabba as my thing. So I guess I'm gonna go with Kira. I'm gonna go with seeing Kira. <laughs> Uh, you know, what she does next. Um, people have been talking about, you know, how cool it would be if she appeared in the War of the Bounty Hunters series, which mm -hmm. I would just, like, uh, lose my mind if she did. I mean, literally, like, the entire galaxy gets, like, a, a notification that, hey, Han Solo's been captured and Boba Fett's on his way to Jabba to turn him in. Like, if Kira's still around and she gets that notification, that would be, like, holy crap, Han Solo, I, I, gotta, get, I gotta get him. Um, so I'd love to see her in that. Uh, but that would open I, up a lot because that would mean she lives until after Empire. Yeah, that's yeah. like I said, that's super wishful thinking, and that also might not be the best idea because it kind of eliminates a lot of tension in stories that would take place probably closer to Solo. Yeah. Um, but I just like to see her and Crimson Dawn explored more. Uh, I know they made the Dryden Voss model for Clone Wars, and then that's probably going to translate to Bad Batch as well because they don't just make character models for a split-second cameo. We learned that from uh, Depa and Kanan. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. I think that's probably the one I'm looking most forward to. Oh, and before I forget, Sagwa appeared also in the uh, War of the Bounty Hunters comic, Sagwa, which was yeah. crazy. Uh, what a What a deep like connection that was more connections with solo um but one of the wookies that chewy frees on kessel uh, appears in um the comic series between empire and return of the jedi you see the one that pats han on the head yeah jamie's sound is gone all well, right we'll have to pause for a sec i can hear I'll i can hear him moving around yeah i can hear that oh you know what she can't hear us <laughs> Right. That's what that means. Or maybe that's a good thing. <laughs> it's a very yeah. way you look at it. You know what? I was rambling on there for a little while. Can you hear us now? Not if you can hear us. Yeah, you were better off not hearing that there. <laughs> Anyways, um, I guess my... Everyone stole mine, pretty much. So I'm going to roll with... Mine was going to be Crimson Dawn. Seeing more of Crimson Dawn and what happens there. There goes my soundproofing that was on the door. <laughs> <laughs> my sound totally cut out. Yeah, we see. We're just going to keep rolling. Okay. Well, I'm out of the conversation. <laughs> so bye, everybody. That means Where I have to do I? the closing. I can come back in. Sure, you could. Okay. Can I chill in here? Yeah, I guess so. Right. Um, What was I saying? Crimson Dawn? Man, Crimson this episode Dawn? is something. This, this, this episode is something. all over the place. This is this legendary. It's the Han Solo episode, though, so it makes sense. It has to be a mess, yeah. That's true. So... Yeah. Uh, I want to see more Crimson Dawn. I want to see what happens with Maul and Crimson Dawn, and you know how in Rebels we see him end up on Malachor. Was that it was? Yeah. Uh, I want to see how he gets there. So I, I don't really want a Maul show, but I want to see Crimson Dawn, Maul, and Kira. I guess because uh, we were teased that, and I'd like to see answers with that. Yeah, I mean, how does Maul go from being the leader of a giant crime syndicate to a weird, creepy old hermit on a Sith planet? <laughs> yeah. Something I meant to mention, kind of off nice. topic. <laughs> I love how the Empire is like the backdrop to the movie. They're not yeah. the villains. And mm -hmm. I want to see more of that in Star Wars. I want to see... 
because we know the empire rules for 20 odd years but i want to see it more in this crime world and whatnot it's cool to see that in knights of the old republic back in the day in the game the swoop bike gangs and all that and i want to see more of that um what we saw in solo continued yeah yeah absolutely because there's so much scum and villainy in the in the galaxy and i want to see it you mentioned the empire i just want to quickly mention that i really love the orchestral version of glory of the empire that they play Ooh. over oh, yeah. the advertisement yeah. for joy i love that i love that that's like now been played with like a full orchestra um that i can listen to on occasion because i'm weird like that <laughs> so uh we're gonna wrap up from here so thank you steven Tyrants, for coming on the show today um where can we find you both on social media um I've, I keep changing my Instagram <laughs> URL. <laughs> I kind of torpedoed it like a couple weeks ago, but um, right now you can find me at the Thin White Fluke. It's a little David Bowie reference there for you um, on, on the Instagram. So, uh, and I am at Uptown Terrence on Instagram. Awesome. Thank you guys both so much. Um, I want to thank everyone for listening to the Holland Up Marauders podcast. You can find Holland Up Marauders on Instagram at Holland Up Marauders, on Twitter at Holland Up Marauder. Check out our blog, hollandupmarauders.com. And I also want to thank everyone so much for donating to our May 4th fundraiser for the Peter Mayhew Foundation. We will um, make an announcement on our social media, how much we actually donated when we get that final count in. And then, yeah, thank you guys so much for listening to the Holland Up Marauders podcast. <laughs>